Twisted Chamber is explicit and contains details of a graphic nature. Hello inmates, welcome to Twisted Chamber. I'm Natasha. I'm Kat. Welcome. Hello. Hello. How, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Good. I'm good. How's life? Uh, you know, life is interesting, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> life is interesting. Yeah, life is interesting. Let's leave it at that. Yeah, let's leave it at that. The mystery, right? I'll leave the mystery in there, shall we? Bit frustrated? Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. You can hear it. It's that showbiz life. Oh my god! When you record something, technology. <laughs> hate it. I hate it. I cannot. I cannot cope with it. Yeah. Well, we have a bunch of new equipment, a bunch of new things, and a new way of recording stuff. And I feel like we're going to have a few hurdles every now and again, but that's okay. Well, it's because you're autom. Oh, I can't even say that word. God Optimistic. Thank you. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, that's a uh, very strong in you, young grasshopper. Okay, it is <laughs> my optimism. Well, I just like to stay on the optimistic side because it makes things just a little less stressful. Well, yeah, yeah, my life is just covered in stress. Mine is. I just I can't do anything about it. So why do I stress it? Well, you know what? I don't know if that's just because that's you, or okay. I'm a Sagittarius and everything bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> everything bothers me okay yes so it is what it is though right it is what yeah. it is and um, we just we brush it off and we move on and, and we learn we are on and the next episode we are yes, yes we, are. we are yes we are and it's my episode and i'm very excited about I it i know because yes. you went there didn't you i went here yes it was a very interesting place to go to especially because this isn't my first time researching something like this so actually having to see it is a very disturbing is that uh, yeah I'm talking about an insane asylum today I do love it when you go on to these insane asylum lobotomy trips it's just awful <laughs> it is awful um I am going to say that I have found a few little footages of things that anyone that's listening on YouTube just this episode is going to be a little bit on the, uh, what's the word, sensitive and... Um, close your eyes. Close, <laughs> close your eyes, kids. Skip to the middle. Yeah. 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 So I'm just going to add a little warning. Anybody who wants to see disturbing things, who are listening on Spotify, then go over to our YouTube and they will be there. But I will give a little trigger warning when I get to that part because it's not at the beginning of the story. It kind of comes a bit further. I in. just think you should do it as a surprise Maybe. to whoever's, whoever's watching. Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> We're going to make you feel sick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> we really are twisted. Yeah. Twisted. <laughs> yes. Okay. You ready? I am. Perfect. So today I'm talking about Pilgrim State Psychiatric Hospital on Long Island. In America. Oh, okay, so another Long Island trip. Yes, it was. Nice. Yeah. And actually, uh, my fiance, when you come out of the top of his road, you turn a few turnings and the insane asylum is right there. Too close. Literally <laughs> about 10 minutes, not even not even a 10 minute drive. It is right there. 
too close. We pass it when we go to the shopping. It's yeah, okay. it's like a, it's part of the uh, ground. Yeah. Because shivers. And actually, it's also part of a road. You're not supposed to drive through it, but you can drive through it to get to another part of, I don't know, it's like driving from here to like Thatcham. You can drive through mm. the insane asylum to get to another place. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Uh, so mental health has been affecting people all over the world for as far back as we can see. Nowadays, we're very lucky with the care, support and medication that is offered. But can you imagine being locked in a padded cell if you suffer from depression or bipolar? Having electrotherapy if you have epilepsy? Thousands of volts of electricity pushed into your body as part of your weekly treatment? Having to lay in an ice-cold bath, strapped in with only your head out, all because you had a fight with your husband? Insulin-induced comas because you were caught reading or masturbating? <laughs> You know, you want to masturbate. Good for you. Good for you. You know, why is that a, a, an offense? I don't. It's crazy. It's insane to me. Yeah. You yeah. know, all of these reasons are nothing. They're not insane asylum, but I think they just wanted people to go in there. Yeah. Like uh, social people. They couldn't society. I should say not social people. Society back then couldn't deal with things that are a little bit risque or against the norm. So bye-bye. It's, it's scary to me mm. that anyone can go up to a woman and say, you fought with your husband. Mm -hmm. You're going to go into the insane asylum. Bye. We're going to put something in your brain. Yes. <laughs> Horrible. Um, uh, and talking about brains, worst of all, the lobotomy, that if you weren't mentally ill before you had it, you were left that way afterwards. No. <laughs> yes. Yes, great treatment. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> Not so much. Uh, psychiatric hospitals have been appearing all over the United States uh, since the turn of the 19th century. They were a place that offered promise and a cure for mental health problems. They were all built on the plans to offer structure and a rational surroundings that would offer the patients a place to recover. Now, that all sounds great. It does, doesn't it? If that was real. Yeah. If we, that's what they really meant. This is it. I think I think at the beginning they did, but I think scientists, they are forever wanting to learn, which is a good thing because, of course, we wouldn't have half the stuff that we have nowadays if they didn't. Mm -hmm. But they didn't really have the, uh, what's the word? Um, not Empathy. Empathy. <laughs> but also maybe the equipment and the I don't know what the word is, but the resources, that's it. They didn't have the resources to experiment correctly on cells and things rather than actual human beings. That's all they had. Um, uh, sorry, I've lost my place. Um, oh, sorry, before these hospitals were built, uh, many of these people would end up in the local prisons instead. Yeah, of course. Yes. Uh, but after reading and researching a lot of how these insane asylums treated their patients and how they ended up, I'm not sure which place was better. Yeah. Well, I'd pick prison over well, an insane this asylum. Is yeah. Yes. Uh, a lot of treatment for mental, uh, for mental health during the 19th century was centered around moral treatments with the main focus of rehabilitation. This was often achieved by well-vented rooms, um, lots of sunlight, activities like farming and workshops, and keeping the number of patients down low um, so that the amount of patients were cared for and the staff weren't overrun. So there was like a healthy balance of patient, staff, 
ratio. But all this started to shift in the 20th century as more and more people were being diagnosed with having a mental illness. And I use mental illness loosely, as we all know that many of these patients that were admitted to these hospitals didn't all have a mental health problems. They were merely admitted for illnesses that were not fully understood back then. Epilepsy, um, loss of limbs, being gay, um, book reading, arguing with your husband, silly little... Reading things, a book. Reading a book. You know, yeah. honestly. Yeah, PTSD. That was another reason why people were put in insane asylums. Oh, I'd be put in an insane asylum if anyone... Talks to me. <laughs> Everyone thinks I need to go into an insane asylum. Oh dear. Um, the list of silly reasons goes on and on. And many of these reasons back then they that were deemed mental health problems now would be nothing at all to do with it. Um, with patients growing fast, these hospitals, these hospitals' main aim of rehabilitation went and a new care plan of cure and prevention was put in place, but not for the better. Um, uh, during all of this, eugenics, which is an immoral theory of race improvement and planned breeding. Oh, like the Nazis. A bit like the Nazis. Great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, eugenics worldwide, so this is a big organization of people, uh, believed that they could perfect the human being um, and eliminate so-called social ills through genetics and hereditary. So they were basically breeding people crossbreeding like people. humans don't need help with that no D don't you think <laughs> no, right there's enough humans on this planet there is people should stop they should okay yeah <laughs> um and uh as for a cure so a lot of these patients uh say criminals but what they were doing they were being sent to insane asylums at the same time so forced sterilization began as the admittance admittance um procedure so if you were going into an insane asylum they would force sterilize you so you couldn't take part in any of this stuff oh my god so that was a thing that they used to do um one of the largest psychiatric hospitals is located in the united states in brentwood on long island and it was built in 1929, and it was the largest in the world. So it was the largest wow. insane asylum in the world when it was built. Um, and it is still open today. Uh, the hospital was named after Charles W. Pilgrim. Uh, Charles was born in Monroe, New York, on the 27th of March, 1855. And he was educated in the Monroe Institute. And later, he began his medical career at Belleville Hospital Medical Center. He graduated in 1881 and he attended special medical courses in Vienna, Munich and Berlin in the years 1885, 1886 and 1889. And Dr. Pilgrim then afterwards, he became connected to the psychiatric side when he started working for an incriminally insane hospital in Auburn, New York in 1882. Um, in 1884, he moved hospitals again. And he became a superintendent of this hospital. So he was starting to. He's building his way he's up. building his way yeah. up in his career. Um, later in February 1890, he moved to Willard State Hospital, where he was also superintendent. And there he was able to showcase his abilities as a physician and an organizer. And the hospital showed large improvements. Uh, his work caught the eye of the manager of the Hudson River State Hospital in Poughkeepsie in New York. 
And in the May of 1893, he was appointed superintendent of that hospital. Uh, but Dr. Pilgrim was a very hands-on doctor. He believed in talking to the patients. He believed in the making sure that each of his patients knew him individually so that he could help them and basically bring them the, the needs that they needed. So he was, albeit, was a good doctor back then. Mm. Um, so um, he was called back to one of his hospitals in 1916, and he served there as a chairman, chairman until 1921 when he retired. And his work was revered. Like, people were like, you know, he's doing a good job. He's, you know, doing what he's supposed to be doing for yeah. these people. Like, he, he was a good like man. He like a great doctor, yes. a good guy. Yes. But he served 40 years in the mental health sector. Um, he was also in the American Psychiatric Association, where he was a secretary from 1906 to 1909 and was a president in 1911. Now, if you've listened to our previous um, Insane Asylum one, I would have talked about Walter Freeman, who in the inventor of the ice pick lobotomy. Yes. He was also, uh, um, yeah, horrible man. Oh, Gross. Yeah. Um, he was also a member of this society. Okay, that doesn't so, surprise me. Yeah, they're all in a same big group together. Um, Dr. Charles Wil Winfred Pilgrim died on May the 3rd, 1934, at his home in Central Valley, New York. Because of Dr. Charles Pilgrim's work in the mental field, the hospital was named after him, Pilgrim State. Uh, the hospital was built in the early 1900s and was open uh, for care and treatment of patients on its 825 acres um, with 100 patients on the 1st of October 1931. Nine months later, the total number of patients grew to 2,018 patients, all overflowing from the other two Long Island psychiatric centres. So there was one in Kings Park and one in Central Islip. Mm -hmm. So that all three of them were on Long Island. And um, Kings Park, I think, was the original one because the Central Islip Hospital was also built for the overflow of Kings Park. That hospital then filled up with patients. So they had to build another psychiatric hospital. Oh, God. So they're just that. putting patients yep. away. Yep. Um, so in Pilgrim State, uh, the numbers kept rising. And by 1954, there was 13,875 patients wow. in total. Um, again, one of the largest in the world. Uh, it had its own electro electric heating, uh, water plants, uh, sewage system, fire and police department, courts, church, post office, a cemetery, athletes field and a greenhouse. I like that they had a greenhouse. <laughs> well, they need to help these people out. They, they need do. some happiness. Well, exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> hideous. Uh, the hospital also had a staff count of 4,000. Um, so they had a special housing unit where the families of the doctors and nurses could live on the insane asylum with their families because the doctors were working and the nurses so they could all stay together on the grounds. Um, uh, Pilgrim State uh, was an upward of about a thousand acres to farm on and patients with chronic yet stable conditions were allowed to farm um, and that was the plan to basically help cure their mental health, um, to keep them outside in the fresh air and keep them busy working. Yes, that helps. Yes. It is trying. true. Yes. You know, you can't lay in bed in all day and think that no. that's going to help your depression. No, no let exactly. me tell you, it will not. No, it won't. Get up yep. and go and get something done. Mm -hmm. 
outside. so that you can achieve something yes. and especially outside. Yes. Yes. Um, on the grounds of Pilgrim, there are many underground tunnels that connects parts of all the buildings. Now, when I was driving there, the tunnels are still there and you can see the little breathing vents are sticking oh, up from the ground. God, that's scary. So they're me. like square white little breathing vents and they were basically patients used to be transported underground as well as the stuff that they would get from the farmlands. So anything that they would get from the crops, mm. they would also be transported underground to basically, I think, just to keep things less messy up ground and then hide a few naughty people that they didn't want people to see well that's what i'm thinking yes. is that they were shoving dead bodies through these tubes underground yeah. not nice not <laughs> no nice. no um dr henry brill i love his surname all right brill hey brill hey brill hey. <laughs> uh he was just 25 when he interned at pilgrim state hospital but by 1858 he had worked his way to being the director of the whole hospital and during his time, Dr. Brill agreed with all of the treatments being used on the patients. And at one point used antipsychotics, tranquilizers, um, over the use of electric shock therapy, straight jackets and lobotomy. So he had gone from using all of the bad stuff to then moving forward to using better stuff on the patients. So he's trying to evolve. Trying to evolve, trying. Um, he was also a member of the New York drug abuse community and often gave talks of the dangers of marijuana. Oh. As your counselor, I'm here to tell you about drugs and alcohol and why they're bad, okay? So, first of all, uh, smoking's bad. You shouldn't smoke. And uh, alcohol is bad. You shouldn't drink alcohol. And uh, as for drugs, well, drugs are bad. You shouldn't do drugs. Okay, that about wraps up my introduction. Now, uh, are there any... Oh, dear. <laughs> Not the devil's lettuce. Not the devil's lettuce. It'll yes. kill you. Ain't that the biggest lie mm -hmm. ever, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. Let me go on a rampage with this one, okay? It irritates me, okay? <laughs> Alcohol is more is so much more dangerous yeah. for humans, mm -hmm. right? You can go and get a bottle of vodka mm -hmm. and kill yourself on a park bench somewhere mm -hmm. and enjoy yourself, right? Yes. Or you can smoke a joint and die. Okay, yes. I just, <laughs> yes, I can't cope with it. No. It comes from the earth. The earth. Okay, Mother Earth. Mother Earth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> earth has said to us, hey, here's a little treat just for you. Okay. <laughs> it has no poison in it. Nothing. Here you go. Yeah. But humans are going to be stupid and make it illegal. They are. They are soon, I reckon the whole world is gonna evolve into making it non-illegal, but it's taking a while. Oh, it's just taking a long, long time it's over here, isn't it? Yeah. It's okay. I think we'll get there in the end. Yeah, let's hope. <laughs> uh, but Dr. Brewer wasn't always the good doctor. Between 1940s and the 1950s, around 2,000 people had had a lobotomy. In 1949, Brill and two of his colleagues proudly recalled performing 350 prefrontal lobe lobotomies. Um, and that was in the last two years of his career. I just yeah. like felt it, though. You know? So just in case you haven't uh, listened to the Trans-Allegheny one, I'm going to describe the lobotomy. Now, at this point, if you are squeamish, 
I would look away. Or if you want to watch it, go onto YouTube because I have actually a video. Um, but so what they do is they would electrocute the patient beforehand to try and knock them out. Um, and then they would get a very sharp, long nettle, metal, nettle, metal needle, and they would bang it into the soft bit of the corner of your nose. Um, and it was slightly hooked. It's your eye. It's your eye. It's not your nose. Well, this bit in the, the, the bridge of your nose. It's through this little here duct area. Oh, it does say here. Uh, yeah. Uh, it does say. It's too close to the eye. Frontal lobe, it does say, oh, yeah. yeah. And then it would scrape along your eye. That's oh. what it would do. Yeah. To, to um, what do they call it? Dismember the uh, the frontal lobe, basically. Oh, yeah. You, know, you humans have problems if you yeah. think that that's a medical thing to do. It's just crazy. Yeah. You know, fair enough if it helped one or two people, but it's not going to help everyone, is it? No, it's and I and I think when they say it helped people, I think it was more of the case that a successful lobotomy was actually um uh when they didn't sit and they didn't do anything. They were just still like just quiet. Well, yeah, because they're now a vegetable. Yes. You've turned them into a veg. Yes. Yeah, exactly that. So, yes. Um, so uh, he also enjoyed giving patients insulin shock therapy. Um, so if you haven't, again, listened to our trans Allegheny one, that I do list a lot of the treatments in that episode. Um, but this treatment specifically was they would lower your blood sugar so low that you would actually slip into a coma, a dangerous coma. Mm. Um, they'd leave you like that for a bit and then they would inject you again and they would bring your blood sugar back up real quickly. So you, I don't, you just wouldn't feel great after that. It's just not nice. Yeah. Um, Dr. Brill and his colleagues continued lobotomies even after the facts came out that lobotomies did not help patients. So they continued. And what they did was, is they called most of the cases experiments. So again, with practicing. And these experiments only had case numbers, no names. Um, and I have some examples that I managed to find online. Now, as I read these, please try and think about the fact that when they say that somebody is successfully treated, the, the fact that they're subdued and they're quiet and they're not doing anything is the reason why they think that they're fixed. And also when I read some of the cases, the actual notes and how the cases are written are actually quite suspect to me. They do sound a bit funny and a bit weird. Um, so case number four, woman, 49, at the time of her lobotomy, uh, she was assaultive and noisy. She wet and soiled and was a feeding problem. Lobotomy on June the 10th, 1947. She is now obese, smiling, quiet, friendly, uh, does a small amount of work. There is massive regression and chronic hallucinations, but she is clean. She is clean. She is clean. Dear Lord. <laughs> I bet this poor woman had just an hysterical yeah. breakdown, right? Yes. Because her hormone level levels weren't properly checked. Yes. Right? And now they've given her a lobotomy and turned mm. her into like a, 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 I don't even know. No, just somebody you know now that, eats a lot and oh. smiles. Turned him into a robot. There we go. A fat robot. <laughs> <laughs> 
a very fat robot. This is it. God, okay. Yeah. Uh, case number six, man 28, IQ of 88, which is a, a low average of an IQ. He was assaultive, aggressive, had filthy habits, but did not wet or soil. What were his filthy habits? I'm guessing though? he didn't wash or shower. I don't know. Oh, he okay. didn't have a bath. I'm okay. guessing something Gross. like that. Yeah. Um, years of drug induced coma therapy and electrotherapy treatments. And then they gave him a lobotomy on the 30th of June, 1947. He was released from Pilgrim on September the 7th, 1947. Free of hallucinations, quiet, odd, bashful. Manner, man, oh, I can't say the word, manneristically polite, able to work as a delivery boy, basic intelligent, uh, into, sorry, basic intellectual limitation was obvious. So he's basic. So now. he's basic now. He's basic. <laughs> so now he's, he's basic and he's a bit dull. And he's a bit dull. Okay. Yeah. And he just delivers. He just does what he's told. He now delivers. Yeah. And they've they've picked a job for him also, have they? By he's going to be a delivery driver. Apparently so. This is apparently these doctors have, have done all this. Wow. Yes. Yep. Uh, case number 24, woman 39, had inadequate shock therapy without response. So it wasn't good enough. Remained highly disturbed was physically powerful and a serious problem. Lobotomy on October 22nd, 1947. She was disturbed afterwards. She had more electric therapy, but this time it was with good response. Uh, she was released on the 28th of March, 1948. She seemed to recover. Her husband finds no trace of difference from her normal level. Oh my God. So... <laughs> So he wanted a sex zombie. Probably. So he's put. That's <laughs> okay. So, hey, look, I'm just saying, saying it how it is. Okay. This sicko husband was like, well, Ouch. my wife, she's crazy. Yeah. Go ahead and give her a whole bunch of electric shock therapy, yeah. send her home so that she doesn't speak and does what I say. Exactly. That's terrifying. Right. Awful. A case 33 woman hospitalized at Pilgrim on March the 11th, 1947. She was highly disturbed and suicidal. She was a, a, a homosexual conflict. Oh, sorry. There was a homosexual conflict. She had gnawed the off the anterior part of her tongue. Shock treatment was without effect. Lobotomy on December the 6th, 1947. Released from Pilgrim on February the 29th, 1948. Apparently in complete remission. She is working with no trace of defect. So apparently she's okay. I would like to know what their idea of okay is. This is it. Seriously. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't sound to me like these people are very much okay. No, I don't. I don't think so. I, I don't I really don't think that they're okay you know yeah I wouldn't say oh yeah great good for you mm -hmm. bye see you into the or mm -hmm. go to the real world and now you're crazy even more crazy than when you came in because you were a homosexual yes that's insane yeah awful yeah uh case number 49 man 25 um actively actively having hallucinations for more than a year lobotomy on february the 19th 1948 
uh, Striking Improvements, released on April the 18th, 1948. He was well-adjusted, working without any apparent residual defects, but he began drinking and is said to have indulged in marijuana. Oh, dear. And there was a full relapse, and he was recertified as insane. Oh, my God. These are a doctor's notes. The man's just trying to self-medicate from the trauma he gave him. Yeah, but was he actually fixed? Like, part of me thinks that these people were never released and they're just writing this down because they shouldn't have been doing what they were doing. No. Yeah. No, but they had to show that people were going out. Yes. So they have to put that in writing. writing. So do I believe all of this? Probably not. I Mm. believe what what treatments they were giving them. Yeah, but the end results? Yeah. No, no, not at all. Um, Case number 50, mentally defect man, 28, became regressed, wetting and soiling, and was destructive. Lobotomy on February the 19th, 1948, released July 18th, 1948, well-behaved at home. Wow. He worked in a protected location as a stone cutter. He had a disturbed episode with return to the hospital on May the 10th, 1949. Here he was quiet, clean, withdrawn, and does some work on the ward and is not hallucinating. So that man's never leaving. No, he's not leaving. No. And he's, he's never left. No, he's never left. He's not better. No. No. Not at all. Uh, Case number 114, woman, 26, diagnosed with tension neurotica uh, or tension neurotic, neurotic tension. What does that mean, though? Neurotic, like um, uh, someone's neurotic. They can't sit still. They've got to do this. They've got to do that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm panicking. I'm panicking. What about this? Like proper, it's different to ADHD. It's a different level. ADHD plus anxiety plus this plus this. Yeah, (laughs) it does have its own category like ADHD though. Like I think it's all of them in one maybe. Um, But was not influenced by shock treatment. And on readmission to Pilgrim was diagnosed with psychotic neurotic, psychoneurotic. Uh, She was disturbed with rabid disorientation of her physical condition and compulsive screaming. She beat herself against the walls. A lobotomy was performed on July the 2nd, 1948, and she was released September the 19th, 1948. Uh, She again uh, is visiting with a psychiatrist and complains the lobotomy did not work, Uh, but she is keeping house again for her husband. This woman's dead. (laughs) This... (laughs) Yes. This woman is dead, deceased. Yes. Mm-hmm. This woman is not alive no. to say what's going on. No. Okay. She never went back to clean house for her husband. Are you serious? Mm. No, no. She never left. Wow. No, she never left. Uh, case number 130, man 44, with a history of uh, epileptic seizures um, at Pilgrim. Uh, he was uh, constantly hallucination. Hallucin- can't say it now, hallucinating, disillusional, withdrawn, irritable, and assaultive on little or no uh, provocation. Provocation? Provoked. Uh, Provoked. Like, he was hardly provoked. Uh, He fractured the nose of a physician attending him for a physical ailment in 1936. Um, 
He had a lobotomy on July the 30th, 1948. And since the operation, the patient has been mild, pleasant and quiet. He continues to be a good worker and no longer no longer under explosive paranoid tension. Wow. Yes. Yep. Um, case number 169, woman, 28, had a psychotic attack at the age of 22. Electric shock without benefits. Her behavior was disturbed. Uh, the patient became a ward worker. Uh, lobotomy on October the 26th, 1948. And she is making good adjustments with some mild personality loss. Mild, mild personality loss. Mild. I'm gonna, yep. I'm gonna take a big uh, guess here, and I'm gonna say it probably wasn't mild. Mm -hmm. She turned into a zombie. Also, mm -hmm. she did. She did. She's definitely yeah. Uh, case number two hundred and thirty-one. Man fifty-seven was delusional. Um, with um, he was uh obsessed with economics. Um and um. The family, oh, I've lost my place. I apologize. Well, for wow, Natasha. Authority. How dare you lose your place? I should give uh, you a lobotomy. I know. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> he, uh, in his, he was very withdrawn and uh, family sent letters to the authorities and he was admitted to Pilgrim State Hospital. So his family basically told the authorities that he was crazy and had him admitted to the hospital. Um, he was um, hallucinating. Um, and he went on a hunger strike for several months, refusing to eat. Um, his lobotomy was performed on the 8th of February, 1949. Um, and the patient admitted that he'd been imagining things and he became friendly and approachable after his lobotomy so he's lying and saying nope didn't see any of those people that were there and now they're not no can't see anything <laughs> get me yeah, out of here nothing at all um so and then um where's my next case well these people that have gone in here do i believe that all of these cases are real no well, no no i don't yeah, I feel no. like they were making all of this yes. shit up. Yes. But writing down what they what treatments they were giving them yes. just to keep track. Yes. But they never got out. Yeah. Don't tell me that they did. No, no way. And also as well, the the they couldn't turn around and say, oh shit, we've just killed this patient because it would be flat out murder. Yeah, exactly. So they'd have to make up stuff. They would have to make up things. Um, if a lobotomy was performed on a patient, uh that wasn't insane beforehand, they would often end up that way. Um, and the most successful cases were the fact that they were subdued and they were quiet and they basically were doing what they were told. Um, all throughout his career, uh, Dr. Brill and his two doctor friends were just as bad as the others. Uh, but he was responsible for many, uh, sorry, he was responsible for many, many unnecessary deaths. Um, but he did play a, a huge part in de-institutionalization. De oh, lization. Lization, okay. deinstitutionalization during his tenure. So he basically helped towards stopping these treatments. So he did his bad stuff and then he did start to change his ways and he did start to help. Um, there was a lady called Beulah Jones 
um, and in the late 1940s began to hear voices and she claimed that she was the lost queen of Scotland. I love her already. Now, look, <laughs> if you want to claim something, that's yeah. quite cool. That's quite a cool claim, yes. Um, her husband had her placed in Pilgrim State Hospital where she was lobotomized on doctor's recommendations. They were told that she would be away for six months, then a year went, and then passed 10 years. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, Beulah uh, had rounds of electroshock therapy over 10 weeks. So she had electroshock therapy every day, and it was 15 rounds. So she had 15 rounds of electroshock therapy. Um, but the delusions continued, um, and she basically stated that they did start to she started to get these delusions after childbirth. So I think. Okay. So she has postnatal depression. Postnatal depression. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, there was no real change in her behavior after her treatments. Um, only her loss in intellect. So she lost, sorry. Paper, paper, paper. You shouldn't be able to hear that. It would be <laughs> fine because it gets rid of it, but it should be okay. <laughs> Natasha loves paper. I do. I'm not going to have paper next time. No. It's going to be better. Um, she could not sit down or read. Uh, she could barely write and she hadn't had no long-term memory. It was like everything was just right there in that time. Uh, she had an attention span of about three seconds. Wow. Mm. Yeah. And a 30 second memory. So she could only remember 30 seconds of her life every 30 seconds. And she had attention span of three seconds. Oh, that's so scary. Yes. Um, her daughter, Janice Jones Thompson, said, and I have a quote, I think she was a victim of her time. And if she hadn't been, if she hadn't had the lobotomy at the time, uh, there would have been new drugs available for her that shortly came out after her treatment. I think she could have lived a normal life. But after lobotomy, it's too late because there is nothing there to work with anymore. Well, no, 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 you're a veg and we've yes. scrambled your brains. Yes. Yeah, exactly that. Um, I have a quote from the New York Times article dated July the 21st, 1974. Um, an organized representation representing, sorry, I'm going to start again. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you prep and then Tongue don't reread. is twisted. <laughs> um, an organization representing the interest of the state of 70,000 mental patients has urged Governor Wilson to investigate the deaths of two inmates at Pilgrim Psychiatric Centre in Suffolk County. The inmates, according to the telegram sent to Governor Wilson by the Federation of Parent Organization for New York, State Mental Institution, that is a massive title. Yeah, yeah. Um, they were mistreated and beaten. Um, George Bell, at 62 years old patient, died on July 9th in a mysterious circumstance, as the organization said, Mr. Bell died of injuries sustained in a fall, according to the officials at the psychiatric center, a report collaborated by the Suffolk County Police. Oh my God. So he's been pushed off a cliff Quite or possibly. off the roof. Off the roof oh, but hey, it's for treatment. Yeah, exactly that. But the organization's president, Max Schumer, said that in an interview yesterday that Mr. Bell's face bore wounds that could not possibly have been sustained by a simple fall. 
We have much too much of this type going on going on at Pilgrim, he added. And there are entirely too many unexplained accidents and deaths with convenient explanations provided for them. The second patient was William Kane, also aged 62, died of a con coronary heart attack. Coronary, 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 coronary attack yeah. on the 5th of July, according to the hospital's authorities. Neither of the men's family were notified of the deaths until days after, which goes against the State Department's health policy. You can't do that. You can't have someone die and not contact a family member. Yeah, no. That's bad. Exactly that. And they that's they didn't and they didn't tell people. Like for months, I've seen cases when I didn't write everything, all of the cases down and all of the deaths down. No, of course not. Some people didn't know what happened to their relatives for years. Like nobody told them. They were just gone. Yes. Uh, many of the patients, unfortunately, died while in the hospital care. Obviously. The lack, yeah, the lack of care and medical treatments, neglect and experiments were a leading cause of death. But of course, none of this was ever reported at the time. Nowadays, none of these people would have been killed. and Most of them would have been diagnosed with mental health problems. Sorry. Most of them wouldn't have been diagnosed with mental health problems at all. The hospital had its own cemetery. And it was originally for the staff of the hospital, as many of the staff lived on the grounds, as I said before. And they wanted a place that they could rest with their loved ones if they passed away. But with so many of the patients dying, they started burying them there. Over the time, the cemetery became neglect and overgrown. There are no gravestones, but buried under the grass are concrete stones with patients' numbers on them, no names. No one really knows how many people are buried there, but it's roughly 7,000 all died as forgotten souls. Oh, that's so sad. So sad. So like a mass grave. It's, and when I went there, you can dig in the grass and there's literally these little tiny, they're not even as big as my hand, tiny little concrete stones with 749-0021-29. Like they're just numbers. Oh, see, and that's just not yeah, right. No. Yeah, no. Uh, Pilgrim State Hospital was meant to place to offer protection, but it didn't offer protection. It offered punishment instead. For every 100 patients, there was one doctor at the hospital. Um, and... Um, and as <laughs> medication and community care became more popular, the more humane treatments for the hospital were put in place. Um Oh no. Oh, is, I sh yeah. <laughs> She's lost her place, everyone. Sorry. And out. the place for mental hospitals like Pilgrim State became less. Uh, some of the hospitals remained open, but downsized. So we're now coming out of the lobotomy and people are now giving better medication. Mm. They're getting rid of more patients that don't need to be in there, basically. Um, Parts of Pilgrim State closed some of its buildings in the 1970s and the 1980s. So it really shakes my bones to think that in my lifetime, these treatments were still going on. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, I was born in 88. Mm. Like, that scares me. Mm. That Thanks. happened then? Yeah. That it wasn't was that long ago. No, it wasn't. No. Yikes. Definitely not. Um, buildings 81 and 83 of Pilgrim State were then turned into a correctional facility, so they turned them into a prison. 
Um, and But there was lots of protests about this because they had some very unsavory characters in said prison. So they shut it down because okay. they didn't want them really on Long Island. Um, Kings Park and Central Islip were closed and their patients were sent to Pilgrim State. Um, or they were basically let out back into society for community care. Uh, throughout the years after closing, some of the buildings were turned into colleges, sports centres, educational centres. This grounds where this is, is ginormous. Like okay. driving around it, it is massive with loads of buildings. Like probably the biggest thing I've seen as well, a I hospital. Hope that, I hope that they would put some of these buildings to better use, like youth clubs and yeah. sports centres. Yeah. Some some of them have. You know, just for, you know, to respect the dead. Jeez. Yes, exactly that. Uh, by 2003, um, after overuse, most of Pilgrim State Center was demolished and is gone. Okay. So they've demolished a lot of it. When I was driving around, there's lots of derelict buildings. There's lots of buildings still left that are uh, destroyed. Graffiti and um, the roofs are all caved in. The walls have been kicked in like it's not looking great in some places mm -hmm. um so um it's so it's looking derelict it's looking derelict part of it is looking derelict because the other half of it's still open okay. um uh some of the uh some of the buildings remain empty the walls hiding awful secrets of how the patients were treated and some of the buildings remain open and is still a working insane asylum Pilgrim Psychiatric Center continues to provide inpatient and outpatient care. There are now 11 inpatient units, three admission units, six geriatric units, and six psychiatric rehabilitation units. And I'm sorry, it's not six. I'm thinking about 666. It's six, not. Six, six. It's three, three, and six. So three admissions, three geriatric, and six psychiatric rehabilitation mm -hmm. centers. They also have a sex offenders program in there, burn them, um, which is where they go to get treated for sex offending. Where they should just burn them. I don't think there's any treatment for sex <laughs> offending. There's just no treatment. They just need to be burnt. Yeah, yeah, they need to See go ya. away. Uh, their mission now is to provide a comprehensive array of treatments and services that inspire people with a unique mental health needs uh, to experience hope, self care self-determination and success in their lives they have swimming pools a bowling alley a gym a games room uh, they have a model apartment and kitchen where people can go and pretend to basically live by themselves which is like a next step to being released um, they have computer training the hospital has taken a 360 on care since the victorian era of mental health care but the grounds that are deserted still have bad history but a more recent one, a recent one where dead bodies have been found. Well, of course. <laughs> uh, and a gang used the ground for their dumping ground for dead bodies. Uh, now, uh, MS-13 is an international gang that was originally from Los Angeles, California. Sorry. <laughs> 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 uh, they began around the 1970s and the 1980s. Um, central parts of America are pri primarily their target for gang violence and threats nowadays. Uh, many of the victims are minors, but minors also make up most of the suspects arrested for killing killings associated with MS-13, a violent gang that uses Pilgrim State Hospital grounds to dispose of dead bodies 
uh, dead bodies of teenagers, um, so they believe. A news article from PIX11, uh, a body found in the woods on the site of an abandoned psychiatric hospital where multiple other remains have been found in recent months have been identified as a teenage gang member, authorities on Long Island have said on Thursday. Jose Pene Hernandez, 18, of Brentwood, was discovered on October the 17th, uh, 2016, on the grounds of Pilgrim Psychiatric Centre, Crooked Hill Road, according to Suffolk County Police Department. So they're killing off their runners. Basically. Yeah. And their lack of recruits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we didn't find him by accident. Uh, we didn't find those remains by accident. We are putting on an enormous amount of pressure on the criminal element in Brentwood area. And as a result, our investigations and our gang crackdown has progressed, said Suffolk County Police Commissioners Commissioner Tom Timothy Dunny. Dinny? Dinny. 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 Dene Hernandez was reported missing on June the 13th and was known as a member of MS-13 gang, police have said, an autopsy will determine his course of death. A gruesome discovery comes as police continue to probe the gang-related deaths of at least five others in the same neighborhood. A passerby found a body of a 15-year-old, Nessa Mickens, on a Brentwood street on September the 13th, on the day before her 16th birthday. Oh. And then the, so sad. So sad. So young as well as so being involved young. in. Terrible. You yeah. know, gangs do nothing. No. They do nothing. No. And once they, you get in them, you do. can't get out of them. No, you can't. You're dead. Yeah. No, you can't. Um, the next day, uh, her friend, 16-year-old Kayla Crevice, uh, was found in the backyard of a nearby home. The pair had gone walking the night before, but never returned. Nine days after the girl's body were found, teams of investigators scoring the long abandoned grounds of Pilgrim State found two human skeletons. Police said in late September, the remains were identified as Oscar Acosta, 19, who had been missing since the May, and Miguel Garcia, Mora, 15. All the teams had attended the same high school in Brentwood. Earlier this month, the body of Dwayne Stacks was found lying face down on the road in front of the 231 American Boulevard, about a mile from Mickens, where Mickens' body was found. So all around the insane asylum, these bodies have been found. So that's what they're using. So not only does this hospital have a long and sad history of pain and death, but now the abandoned parts of it are continuing down the same path. There are no stories online that tell the stories of ghosts in this hospital. But if one place in this world was going to be haunted, it has to be there. 100% this yes. place has to be haunted. Yes. Because it doesn't make any sense. No. There's too much death, yep. too much trauma, mm -hmm. too much sadness. Mm to not have the energy stuck within that building. Yeah. Well, when I was driving around with my sister-in-law, she took me and her husband's in the police force. You actually cannot drive around Pilgrim State without, they have security there in police cars at all times. Mm -hmm. So if you're driving through there and you stop, they want to know what you're doing there yeah. and why you're doing it. And she said that the security guard has said about, there are, 
bits that he's seen in the evening in the gas chamber. There's apparently moaning sounds and things like that. So it's definitely haunted, like definitely. Well, I'm never going to speculate that something is haunted unless I see it with my I own know. two eyes. I know. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> yes, it was a very interesting read. Yes. Sad, sad things. Though. Sad things. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of cases. A lot of cases. And I think back then, like the Victorian era of treating mental illness was to brush it under the carpet. And unfortunately, all these insane asylums was the large carpet. Like put them in there and forget about them. Yeah. You can't go in there and visit them. So you put them in there and they're gone. You know? Well, it's it, it's a way to hide mm. the mentally different. Yes. I guess we can say. Yes, very much you so. Know? Yeah. Uh, but putting someone in there because you're sad, I think that's mm. even worse. It is even worse. You know, or a husband doing that to his wife. Yeah. And I get why you would be persuaded because you think that you're listening to a doctor. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's just for women, but no, I do not trust what doctors tell me. <laughs> no, well, especially I just, uh, there are some, some, you know, what some things you can, I think that nowadays, nowadays we're a hundred million times better than we yes, were back then. So but this place still exists. This place still exists. And it's still open. It's still open. And actually, when we were driving around, we were driving and there was a bus stop in front and there was a man stood there and he was doing some things. He was doing some shouting and then some pointing. And I said to Phyllis, I was like, um, is he a patient? And she was like, I think so. And he was about to get on a bus. <laughs> Look, maybe he wants a day out. Okay. <laughs> maybe he wants a day out like the rest mm. of us. Although, okay? And he's taken his imaginary friend, yeah. Freddie, with him. With him. Something <laughs> like that. Freddie. Yeah. But the most disturbing is there's a building and it's got red metal shutters on the windows and it actually says that it's a that it's a treatment center now i don't know if it's still open whether it's an old sign but it's with the open hospital i'm hoping it's not open because i'm wondering what kind of treatment requires no daylight there's people in there got well i was it's thinking that. obviously open because there's people living in there <sighs> okay they don't open those shutters of course they are. Why would they? I don't know. They have crazy people in there. Fresh air? No. <laughs> They're crazy. Oh, I They're just, done. I know, but not now. They should, I don't know. You know, you'd hope that it wasn't because of all the lobotomies that they did. That's why they're well, this, crazy Well, this is it. Okay. Yes. But I'm sure it's just real crazy people now Quite that possibly. they've, you know, tapped out on the, oh, giving people a lobotomy for anxiety. For anxiety. You know what I <laughs> Yeah, not great. No. no let's That's not do that. Not smart medical research. Okay. No, it's, not. it's not smart. <laughs> Be smart. Be better. Okay. <laughs> Seriously. They need to buck it up. They need to get better ideas. Yeah. Honestly. I don't even know. It's yeah. just and it's a massive, it's the biggest building. It's very demanding when you drive past it. It's a Hulk of a building. One building is a hulk of a building. Mm. So I can't even imagine in its day how aggressive it looked. That's the word I'm going to use. It's an aggressive building. Yeah. Yeah. It's just sad to me that mm. these places still exist. Yes. 
because in my opinion, they should be just torched down with yeah. a nice plaque saying, sorry, guys. I Yeah, I think that there are some people that need these places. There are some people that need these places. Well, yes. But nicely. None of this shit that was going on in the past. I feel like there are some people that need the little bit of extra help. And this offers that, but they need to be nice. A safe place. Yep. And a lot of medication. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Have dose you, up. Dose up. Have you seen on TikTok, there's a lady and she's, I think she is in an estate, like she's somewhere like that. And she's in a hospital bed and she's like, honestly, it's the funniest thing. Have you seen the Muffin Man? Who do you know? The Muffin Man? The Muffin Man? The Muffin Man! That's, that would be me. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd throw out so many movie quotes. No one would know what to do. With exactly me. that. Yes. Honestly. Yeah. That was a great story this week. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it because I've been there. Yeah. Like it's a different and I've got pictures and stuff and they would have been pictures that I have taken and some videos. I actually broke into the cemetery without with all the little tiny gravestone you can't get in there because it's all barricaded up everywhere so i found a hole in a fence there you go and i went in do it and it was very eerie in there the they didn't want to you know obey laws why should we exactly that i'm in there breaking in yep. yeah why yeah. should we yes but yeah, no, that was my little insane asylum. I liked it. I'm going to find more because I just find them so fascinating. I know you do. I, I know. Yeah. Uh, I just hope that everyone that's ever been in there was safe. Are you <laughs> safe? Are you okay? I'm not sure. Oh, everyone um, say hello from there YouTube. There There's little dog. There's little dog. You can say hello? You going to oh, bark? You going to put it in face? No. She's like, no, I just woke up from a nice nap. <laughs> she was not napping nicely down there in our miniature room. Oh, yes. Our Beauty and the Beast little chamber. That's what we're in today with massive size books. And now, because I, I can I can see us 100% yeah. this thing's crooked. <laughs> but it's you know fine. what? It's, it's okay. We're here for it. We're here for it. It's okay. We are here. Perfect. So if you enjoyed our little tale, if you could give us a little like and subscribe on the video. A little fitting. Yep. We appreciate it. That would be great. Um, you can check out all our socials, um, Twisted Chamber. Uh, we are on. Uh, well, we're on everything, everything. aren't we? Yep. You know, you guys know this by now. Yep. TikTok. We, we got it all. Yeah. You know? We're all there. Uh, any quotes, questions, stories, anything like that, you can email us at Twisted Chamber. At yahoo.com. Uh, yahoo Forget the at the beginning. It's not. It's twisted chamber at yahoo.com. That's right. Yes. As Dot is trying to eat my overalls. Yes, she looks like a child <laughs> in my overalls. I, I love them. It's I great. love my overalls. I love them. They're so comfy. They are good. They, they are. are. Well, I think we should end the show. There we go. So, yes. Yeah, so, uh, we will let you go now, but next time you might not be so lucky. See ya. Bye.